Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 252 is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Doing all right. Just uh, glad to be back. Had a good interview this week. I think things are looking up. Getting ready for the ski season. Yeah, we had a fantastic interview with the Indie Pass founder, head honcho, Mr. Doug Fish, which we will have as our main topic today. So hope you guys check it out and enjoy that. He had tons of good insight, had some little knowledge bombs that he kind of dropped on us about little stats for usage of the Indie Pass. So I think you'll enjoy that. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We are on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Untapped at Podcast. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. We have a shop with some cool swag at skibumpodcast.com slash shop. Get some stuff. Talk to us. Send us mail. Go to your favorite podcasting app, rate, subscribe. That would be awesome. Join our mailing list on the website. And we want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Paradise Skis. Their motto is, we make seriously fun skis. Paradise Skis' mission is all about making skiing as fun as possible. Whether that's shredding laps in Hawaiian shirts, bringing the parking lot apres, or getting up early to go for that huge backcountry objective, it's our mission to build skis and snowboards that allow our customers to enjoy every single day in the mountains. I will tell you, I have a pair of their red skis, and they are gorgeous. They're beautifully built. I cannot wait to get my bindings mounted and to give them a whirl over at Big Snow, get some laps in, do a review, let you guys know how they are. I'm super excited. So they have three products right now. The red skis, which are in resort, blue, which are their backcountry skis, and green, which are their snowboard splitboard. They're all awesome. They're really great people. Check out our interview with Cam and Adam. We have the link in the show notes if you want to check it out. That was back in May. For you, our listeners, we have a discount code. Go to paradiseskis.com, put in the code SKIBUM15, and you will get 15% off skis and boards. It's a great deal. They're making a great product. Please check them out, and thank you, Paradise Skis. Mario, let's kick it off. What we always do. It's time for Opre today. As I'm opening my bottle right here, I've got my open bottle, and today I am drinking Kansas City Beer Company. So here's the... This was a beer of the Kansas month. City Beer Company. Nice. Right. And this is a Munich-style golden lager, a Hellas, if you will. So creating Kansas City. So um, 5.1 ABV. Let's see how it stands up. I love Hellas. Hellas beer is one of my favorites. So what exactly is a Hellas? Is it kind of like a lager or is it different? It's kind of like a, I think more like a Pilsner. I don't know. I got to look it up. Hmm. It tastes Pilsner-ish, Pilsner-ish, lager-ish. I don't know. Uh, it's, it almost has the flavor of a wheat beer, but it's not wheat beer, and it doesn't give that funky taste that I don't like from a wheat beer. Yeah, that's it's always my thing with wheat beers that I've never been a fan of. It has that kind of, that specific taste, especially with Belgian beers. They have it the most. 
Yeah, I just, I'm not a big, uh, so Helles is a traditional German pale lager. So instead of a pale ale, it's a pale lager. Pale lager, okay. So it's kind of along that flavor of like, when you have a pale ale, you get that initial, I'm not, not the hoppiness, but like the malty kind of flavor. So get a little bit of that. You get a little, little more malty because of the lager. I guess it tastes a little maltier. Um, Let's see what the right. Let's see what they rate this one. Is it Kansas City Beer Company? Beer B I E R. They spell it though. Look at that. Very German. I like that. Very German. Is the beer company? Okay, so they have a few of them on untapped. Uh, let's see. They give me. They did send me a Dunkel, and it's supposed to be pretty good. But I'm I'm not a big Dunkel guy. No, which is a dark. I mean, it has um, its it has its place. I, I wouldn't necessarily pick one out, but if someone gave me one and it was maybe like the fall, you know, you're having it with food, I could see a dunkel yeah. working. You got to be in the mood for it, you know. Like you can't sure. just say, "Oh, let me grab a dunkel." Like you know, it, it's definitely situational. Well, that's the simplicity of when you're in Europe, right? Isn't that what it just is? It's a Hellas exactly. or a dunkel, and that's it. All right, so they're Hellas on here. So it's getting out of a five. It's getting given like a three eight, which is pretty solid. All right, that's the average. Um, I like their website because they talk about how they're you know uh, their German brewing is like what they're doing. You know, they want German style beers. Yeah, they don't want to mess around. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people gave uh, pretty good good ratings to this. Uh, it's a Munich style lager. So this is more along the lines of what you would get at like an Oktoberfest. Definitely when you go in Bavaria, every little town has a little, um, little brewery and they all have a Hellas. So Isn't I don't know funny? if it's how like, it used to be. That's how it used to be in Europe. Like all the towns had their <laughs> own special little brewery. And then it yeah. became like the macro brew. You know, you had the big ones, Anheuser, right. Coors. And then everyone wanted the micro brews. And Europe's kind of like, yeah, man, this is kind of how we always did it. You know, like there was, there'd be the oddball big ones, but it was mostly the small breweries. Yeah. But I love when you go to Europe, especially Germany, you go in and, you know, you ask like, what beers do you have? And like, we have a Weiss, a Helles and a Dunkel. That's it. Three beers all made by us. None of this fucking fancy, you know, do you have a beer list or a menu? No. No, there's no tastings here. You buy a fucking half pint, half liter, or or a liter. You're not going onto your uh, your phone. You're not going to Untapped and looking up the <laughs> what review the beers got before you order. That's right. There's no fucking line for people waiting for cans. There's no can drop day. None of that shit. Nope. This is what we make every single day. We will always have it. <laughs> so there's a golden style Munich lager. Um, and it really has, you know, little notes of like, you definitely get it in the flavor, bread and honey and malt. So um, I don't get that much bitterness. Some people are saying it's a little bitter. Uh, it's very, it's, it's got those flavors, but it's not heavy. It's light, refreshing. So these are definitely good. Like if you're, if you're ever in Germany eating, it's nice to have like a heavy meal, like a labor case or like a, pork shank or something and then you have a hellas mm. to go with it because it's just like it's not too heavy exactly hair's perfect with pig knuckle 
It's the whole That's right. just lop it off at the leg and roast mm-hmm. it up and good to go. Just get a hellas and you're not grabbing a dunkle. That's definitely not a dunkle beer, you know, thing. I guess somebody must like it, but that's a little weird. To each his own. That's why we have freedom of choice in this country. You can have your crazy beer with whatever you're eating. I gotta say I this. One uh, love case- that. Yeah. And this KC Beer Company, they uh they this is really good. I like this. So again, I like the beer of the month because it's giving me a sample of Midwest beers I would never try. That is pretty right. cool because again, when, where are you going to just randomly encounter these beers? And yeah. again, when you go to a liquor store, you have six thousand beers you can choose from, and you pretty much will right. go with something you know or you know a particular type. This has yeah. given you a little, a little something outside your comfort zone. Something, something. So it ain't so bad. Yeah, not a bad, not a bad selection beer of the month. I don't even know how to stop it or change it. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> My brother in law gave it to me. He's like, I got your beer of the month. Like, when it runs out, you can renew it. And I'm like, okay. He's like, just let me know. You could change beers if you want to pick, like, because you could, like, narrow it down. Like, I only want, like, IPAs. I don't want anything dark. Like, you could really narrow it down, but I don't know how to do any of that. So <laughs> I may have to talk to him one day and be like, hey, how do you modify this? And they keep sending you more and more beers. Like, I don't know what's happening here. It's like, uh, <laughs> I'm not paying for it. So if he's paying for it, I'm still getting beer. So I'm not going to say anything. It somehow just keeps going. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to ruin the golden goose. Let's put it that way. Right? I hear you. That's wise. You know, like uh, never look a gift horse in the mouth, right? <laughs> you got Isn't beer coming thing? in the mail every month. It mysteriously comes without warning and the box just shows up. Just don't say a thing. Grab the box and enjoy the beer. Look, that's, is it that that's time of the month again? Is it beer o'clock again? <laughs> It's beer day. That's right. Boom. Beer. It, it's the beardy first again. I can't believe it. <laughs> I had, How about I had you, that Brian, What do you got going? I was going to say, before I get into my beer, I did that once. I got it as a gift. Like This is probably like oh, seven years ago. Like This was a long time ago. And how was it and, back then? Well, for whatever reason, there had to be someone 21. And this is when I was, we were living in an apartment in Hoboken. So oh. they had like a front door. They could just drop it off. That was they a had shit to, show where you lived. It was a shit show because there had to be someone there. It's like, well, my wife and I both worked at the time. It's like, no one's yeah. there. Some guy's driving around in like an, like just a regular unair conditioned van with my beer. <laughs> and who knows how many days he was driving around in it because he didn't, because we weren't there to pick it up. Like, or, you know, wasn't Damn. there to take the delivery. So, you know, what's crazy. It was even grosser is that I have a couple of those beers still in my fridge for some reason. Oh, like I'm just, never going to drink them. Just nice. And, you're maturing them back to to good health. I, I don't know why I do this. Why I keep old beers? Like I don't know what to do uh, with them. Should I give them to kids? Got to drink them to high schools. Yeah. I tell you what, if the I have so beer many of the good month, beers, if that beer of the month didn't come in, I'd have pretty a pretty Spartan beer selection because it would just be what I get that week. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I kind of want to get to that point, but every time I get to that point where it's all nice and clean, and I have my stock of like you know, beers that are warm waiting to go in the fridge whenever I want them. Cause I don't like putting too much in there at a time. Unless I'm having p- company over. Then the beer delivery comes. I'm like, fuck, it throws everything Damn. off. Cause then I got to put one of each in the fridge, make sure they're nice and cold. So that when I want to have them, I could sample them. Does it deliver the cold others, or warm? They're delivered warm. Well, that's good. At least 
So then I just put the ones that I want, you know, to, to you know, one of each. And then I kind of, you know, just, <laughs> but then I got this storage and it fucks up my storage. It fucks up my, fr- like, I'm very, I have OCD problems, let's put it that way. Well, remember like when we used to get up in Vermont, we'd go get uh, you know, up to Alchemist or something or Lawson's and we'd come back to the condo and we'd have like five cases of beer and it's all uh, delivered cold. So like, well, where are we going to put this? And it's winter. And we're like, well, dude, we can't we go put to it outside. And get like, what did we get that one time? Like nine growlers? Eight growlers, something like that. It's like, yeah. what the hell? Like, it was great beer. So we're like, I think we drank it all too. I think I, we took like, we each took a growler home and that was it. I just remember there was the, the one time we went to J Peak. We, we left at like, what, 5.30 in the morning to get up there. <laughs> yeah. We skied, we went to Hill Farmstead, we got beer, we went and got Mad Taco, we Mad had more taco. beer. Then we went back to the condo and we drank a couple of growlers of beer. Like we just yeah. but we went to bed at like and two we in the went morning. In the hot tub where we drank kept drinking in the hot tub because it was an indoor bar served hot tub. It was crazy. Dude, that, see, and now because of the goddamn pandemic, that's never gonna happen again. Hopefully, never well, gonna you know, happen. We I'm, lived. I'm putting positive vibes. We're going to reach those times again. But I remember that one time we had a bottle. Dude, we were at the hot tub bar, the hot tub bar, and we were in Ishkill all before COVID. And Dude, we lived to tell it. We lived to tell. Dude, remember the one time like we had a bottle of whistle pig and we drank the whole bottle of whistle pig in the hot tub? Dude, that was crazy. Was there what, three of us? Maybe, maybe four? Yeah. There were some other people that were sipping off of that too. That was a lot of whiskey for just like... It was a lot of whiskey. For just a hot tub. Dude, the worst hangover was the bottle of bullet that I almost drank myself at the other ski house in Mount Snow. Drank a lot of bourbon at that ski house. I was just like, how did we drink? We drank a lot of bourbon. I remember there was one night there were like three bottles and they were all good. It was like, shit, what was it? It was uh, Angel's Envy. Basil Hayden? uh, Basil Hayden, Jefferson Reserve. Like we had like three different bottles and it was like they all were... Like two of them were killed. One had like a little bit in. We're like, what? Did somebody spill this out? Like, no, we drank it. And it was guys and girls. I was like, I was impressed. I was like, holy shit. I wonder, like, I seriously wonder because we can't actually be there to see it because otherwise this whole thought (laughs) exercise wouldn't work. How much did ski houses drop in fun when we left? I mean, it has to be 30% at least because we were like dismal. We were catalysts. Like we were like we, yeah. entertainment catalysts at ski houses or the you know, instigators or the, <laughs> you, could, you could say we were a lot of things, we were different things to different people. We were, but think about well, it. Actually, perhaps that could be a service we, we offer. Like we could offer <laughs> like ski house excitement packages. Like we'll come up for a week for a weekend. We'll and now with the our, podcast, we could podcast live. Yes. We will make, we could do an episode from your ski house. Ah, oh, that'd be great. We could have a live that. episode. We just get a dude with a, a walking camera so he could follow us. It'd be it'd be epic. That could be a whole like Netflix series. But we could just go. have like Mario and Brian's like ski adventures. We'll call it the podcast. And then it's a podcast that we have we get invited to events and we podcast the events. It'd be kind of nice. That would be the proper official manifestation of the vision we had when we first started this. That's right. Then the celebrity, the stardom. And then I'll be talking instead of Dr. Fauci about my point of view on COVID vaccines and what everybody should do with their life. Because it seems like if you're a celebrity, that gives you the ability to talk intelligently about stuff you have no qualifications to talk about. So, 
and I think we I have do that. And we definitely are the masters of no qualifications. That's right. <laughs> so, well, I'm getting to my beer now because you know it's the summer, and I've talked about this beer in the past. I I think I had it last year. I don't think I've had it this year yet on the podcast. And you know what? I'm saying it. This is my favorite I think summer. You beer. talked about it last last uh, podcast, didn't you? This is my favorite summer beer, and I don't care. What you say, if you think it's not manly, if you think it's whatever you want to call it, river horse, watermelon, Kolsch. I love this beer. This beer has a very specific purpose. And for me, it absolutely checks the box. It's 4.1%. It's light. It's easy to drink. The can looks nice. They just redid their whole branding. This that year. looks like a kid's juice box. <laughs> it does, right? It, I mean, the kids see little, they want this. It's very there's pink. A, there's a cartoon horse and a freaking like cartoon watermelon well, on it. I, so it's river horse. Is that a? Isn't that hippopotamus? Like is that? That looks like, like a hippo. So I think it looks a like a freaking uh, Oshkosh Bagosh can. <laughs> I love this beer. This is my perfect summer beer. It's low alcohol. It's got watermelon in it. I mean, that that those were the two boxes I wanted to check. Low alcohol Did you and ever watermelon. Pour that over chilled watermelon and drink it then? No, but like I told you, I had another Kolsch from another local brewery and I actually poured watermelon juice in it because I was trying to nice. replicate this beer. And you know what? I ain't even mad at myself. It was delicious. I got to where oh. I needed to go. And I enjoyed my experience. And that's all that really matters. You know what you should do is get a mini watermelon, cut it in half, hollow it out, and drink it out of that. Now you're speaking my language. Boom. Watermelons were on sale this week. I got I have a giant Tupperware that's like two-thirds full and a whole full watermelon. I'm like, I'm balls deep in watermelon. This brings <laughs> this brings me so much balls calm deep. and joy. Balls deep in watermelon. <laughs> I'm like, goddamn, uh, like a Gallagher audience member. Calls deep, but this beer I mean, so you would have loved going to Gallagher shows. You'd be like sitting there with your mouth open when he's squishing the watermelon. Like, ah, I got some. Young kids don't even know who Gallagher is, and you know what? You're better off. It's from a stupider time. We were stupid people back then. It was just hilarious. People would go right. with like raincoats on. This guy, he was a comedian, but he smashed watermelons. Like that was his gag, and like was, people that was loved thing. it. Yeah, millions of dollars in smashing, smashing watermelons. So here we go. Crisp and refreshing. Watermelon Kolsch is our twist on the traditional Kolsch style beer. We pump up the aroma and citrus notes with the addition of cascade hops and watermelon puree while keeping the ABV mild and true to style. The result is perfect for summer sipping down the shore. Since I am down the shore and it's summer and I'm sipping, thus then this is the perfect beer for that. Nice. It's light. It's got a little watermelon flavor. Like it's just, it's just a nice drink. It's and I just like it a good. lot. This is my summer beer of choice. So God bless you, River Horse. Your other beers, eh? I don't really like them. This one, Untapped, it's like a three, like a three and change. It's not getting the big numbers. And you know what? Frankly, those people who give it the low scores, that's cool. You're probably in the wrong place, the wrong state of mind to enjoy this beer for what it is. That's what I'm that's saying. Right. Got to get. You got to get woke. You just got to know what you get. That a nice term that everybody just throws around. You got to get woke. So speaking of down the shore, right? I was looking. So travel and leisure came out with their top 10 new England towns. And one of them towns. Yeah. One of them was Cape May. Is that that's close to you, right? Cape May is 
Yeah, it's New Jersey. Yeah, Cape May. I mean, it's not really close resort to town. It's like two hours south of me, but it's oh, in the same it's state. Oh, that's all the way down. Never mind. That's why it's, it's nice. Yeah, it's far. <laughs> it's it's as far from New York City as you can be. Yeah. Yeah. That said, Cape May Brewing, fantastic beers, amazing seltzers. So, boom. There you go. Let's go to ski news. Boom. And this just came out today, hot off the presses. The good folks at Direct Weather. They came up with their 2021-2022 winter forecast already. It's the first week Ooh. in August. They've already got the forecast. Got the, the forecast before the forecast. I like it. The forecast before the forecast. Now, this was on Snowbrains, and they did say, of course, you've got to take this with a grain of salt. But here's what they're saying so far. Above average snowfall in the Pacific Northwest, Montana, Wyoming, and most of the East Coast. What do you think of that? Looking pretty nice. I'm looking at this picture right here, and I'm seeing the Mid-Atlantic into New England, especially New Hampshire and Maine. It says huge nor'easters. It's awesome. And and I don't know what the next band right next to it, it says worst of winter. I don't See, know. If that's what worst, I'm trying to figure out. That's where I'm like puzzled right now. For who? Like worst for like people who hate the snow, yeah. or worst as in like the best for us is in maximum snow. Right. Like the worst meaning cold and snowy, which is good, or I don't know, or icy and rainy. Like with the warm and rainy. Like what? What does that have to do? Yeah, and then we're looking at like California, Nevada. We're seeing dry and warmer and dry, which doesn't seem so great. But then I wonder if that worst of winter means they're going to get dumped on. I I I believe it does. That's what I'm, especially because you got polar vortex smashing Montana, the Dakotas, Minnesota, Wisconsin into Illinois, and it's Mm. looking like. You know, business as usual, Utah, Colorado, Wyoming, Idaho, Western Montana. So, you know what? This is all just happy, positive outlook right here. Yes, it is August. It's way far away. There could be La Ninas or El Ninos or anything coming, messing things up. But yeah, so far, this looks pretty epic. We're just saying the only place that doesn't look so great. It's like California, Nevada, into Arizona, and maybe a touch into New Mexico. So there you go. Granted, grain of salt could change, but you know what? This has given me a nice little positive state of mind going into the fall. I like you, direct weather. We'll have a link. If yeah, you I think they're the saying video. the worst of weather. I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. I'm sure this will evolve too over time. Yeah, this is the early the early uh, preview. Let's put it that way. Let's stay positive. All right, about staying positive. Toggenberg Resort is sold. The new owner is going to close it and sell assets. So, boo. 
in New York, uh, upstate New York. So Greek Peak is a pretty, they're actually part of Indy Pass, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so the owner that owns Greek Peak, also in upstate, um, So I guess he owns the person that bought it is um, Peter Harris. So president of Intermountain Management owns nearby Song Mountain and Labrador Mountain. So uh, he purchased the ski area from the owners of Greek Peak Mountain Resort, also in upstate, and plans to close it and sell off the property and chairlift separately. So it's kind of weird, but I guess they're saying in this article that one of the one of the visions that they see is closing this down acquiring it and closing it because they have you know they own the other two song and labrador right near it so rather than have that competition uh now it pushes people to basically frequent the other two resorts that are there um which is kind of an interesting plan right like you wonder like i don't know it's just very weird so yeah, Greek Peak yeah. is part of the Indie Pass. Uh, the others are not, I don't believe. I think you are correct. Greek Peak is part of the Indie Pass. Eh, you know, you're pretty much buying your competition and eliminating it, right? That's sort of what the move was. And I guess taking whatever yeah. assets you could, and I'm sure either beefing up your existing hills or, you know, just making some some money off of the sale of it. But here's what I'm thinking, right? So if you were to acquire a ski resort, generally you'd be looking at probably a lot of upgrades, right? Got to redo this. I got to redo that, right? Now, if they sell the land and the equipment separately, that means somebody buys the equipment, they take it off of the land, you buy the resort, and now you got to put new equipment on, which you probably were going to do anyway. Well, they saved you half the battle taking it out of there, right? So come in, whip up this new resort. It could backfire and be like, hey, somebody's going to buy it and build this big-ass resort right in the middle of your two resorts that takes business into it. Like, it's just mm-hmm. weird, but... Well, they say that the, the the snowmaking will be useful for Song or Labrador. Oh, cool. So they're going to take that and jack up the snow at the other resort. So, you know, if you're a Song or Labrador skier, this may be better for you may might be a little more crowded but you may have better better and more snow and maybe some additional equipment so yeah it always stinks when a a place gets shut down but again it could benefit the other places and the folks the uh, the myers who own greek peak they can focus on on that now instead of having to split their time between two places yeah beef up greek peak that works yeah i don't know very interesting, but it's good to at least hear the the reasoning behind it, right? Not just some mysterious thing announced. Yeah, it's just crazy that these. It's it just cracks me up when I just see like people who own a ski mountain, you know, mm, like usually it's jealous. some big LLC or some company, or it's just no, no it's just John and Christine Meyer, just a couple of couple of folks who own a couple of ski mountains. That's it, just a family mountain hanging out. Yeah. Like, isn't Telluride privately owned? Doesn't that guy own it? The guy we saw skiing in jeans and a duster? I know. Somebody said something. It's like, yeah, that's the owner, Dick. That's the guy. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> this guy's skinny jeans. Yeah, that's he can do whatever the fuck he wants. He's the owner. Pretty much. Um yeah. Yeah, and we have one last story in the ski news. And this we missed this a few weeks ago somehow. Uh, but it's kind of a sad story too. The passing of Mike Wigley, who, if you're a Warren Miller fan, you've definitely seen his hella skiing operation in countless movies. I think he's been in a dozen or so, starting in 1975 and lastly being in 2019. So he's been in there a bunch of times and I, I remember reading about him, him and his wife, like they just, like, he's like, I want to go open a hell ski operation. And she's like, she, I guess she had the money and he didn't. I think this is the story. I could be wrong, but they just went uh-huh. up to Canada and just, they were one of the first big ski operations, hell ski operations nice. up there. And the guy, you know, he had a vision, he had a dream and he just went for it. And hmm. you watch any of these movies and you see them go there and, you know, hella ski and you, they see him as enthusiasm, the joy. That's kind of what we're all aiming for, right? You know, to, to live our, our best life, to follow our dreams, our passions. And, and this guy is one of those people that he really did. And that's awesome. Yeah. They started it in 1970 and, um, yeah. Kind of created the market, right? He was one of the pioneers for sure. Everyone thought he was crazy and like, you're here coming here to do what and went for it. And, you know, probably got more days of skiing than, than most people and had more fun and, and lived a, a fulfilled life. So very sad about his passing, but just an inspiring man and expiring story. And, you know, there's a link on the Warren Miller site uh, with some of the highlights of Mike Weekly's. So it's, it's worth checking out. If you need a little bit of motivation, a little bit of inspiration to kind of be your best self, to fulfill your dreams, to go for it, you might want to watch these videos a couple times and, and make it happen. So it's very inspiring, but in a way you start kind of wondering, right? Like with the passing of a lot of, uh, you know, the changing of the guard, the passing of, of a lot of these famous people that built the kind of the ski industry and the, the, kind of the mystique behind the ski industry and the, and the passion for it. Um, you know, Warren Miller, you got Mike Wheatley now, you got, you know, some of the extreme skiers, you know, old timers that are, that are um, passing on and you wonder like, well, what's going to fill the void, right? Like it's, it's a weird space right now, especially with media because social media has replaced a lot of media. So what do you have, you know, what's that going to look like for people you know, kids growing up now, like to get inspired. So it's just interesting to see, hopefully it's, it's something better, just as cool, you know, different, but uh, a little bit unknown. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's so cool. Now it's, it seems like the barrier to entry is so much lower that you can just start yeah. up a podcast or a YouTube channel and just, just create yeah. something, which is really cool. So yeah, we shall see, but uh, you know, He's the kind of guy, his story, his, his legacy is inspiring. So we'll leave, put the link in the show notes and check it out. Get stoked for this in the summertime and rest in peace, Mike. Yeah. But speaking of living your best life and, and fulfilling your destiny, we had an awesome 
chat for our main topic with our friend Doug Fish, who is the founder of the Indie Pass. It's always awesome talking to him. We had a again a great conversation and a couple of the things that you know give you a little some teaser information before we get into the interview. Lisa, I found this pretty interesting. So we were asking him, well, so what are you know, what was the resort on the Indie Pass that had the most usage? And so J Peak was number one, Cannon was number two, and Lutzen in Minnesota was three. Lutzen Mountain. That's and close to the border too, right? I think so. And the the number one user of the Indie Pass got 31 days in. At 17 resorts. That's pretty awesome. And that's two days at each resort. So it's kind of, that's where it's not like you just pound 10 days or seven no. days at one resort. You got to move around. You got to keep moving. So this yeah. is what the bar has been set. So if you want to make your Indy Pass as financially beneficial to yourself as you can, see if you can beat those 31 days. I guess, yeah, you know, it's one of those things that like to set out a goal and and go for it. That's one way to do it. The other is just to start going and skiing, see where you're at mid-season and be like, do I go for it or not? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Always go for it. That's the key. Always go for it. That's right. Here's our like, interview with like Doug. Brian and his watermelon. Go balls deep. Just go balls deep. <laughs> Here is our chat with Doug. We hope you this enjoy week, it. We have another very special guest. We have talked about the Indy Pass at nauseum over the last year. Uh, we were lucky enough to have him on last October before the ski season started, 2020, 2021. And he's back. And he's grown even more powerful over the last year. Mr. Doug Fish, head of the Indy Pass. Doug, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. It's great to be back. And thank you for that uh over the top introduction. <laughs> hey, you know, we've got to give credit where credit's due because, you know, there there was it was a long time where we were all kind of stuck with the duopoly of the, the Epic and the uh, Icon Pass. And yeah, a lot of folks yeah. were, were looking for something else, something more affordable, more back to the roots of skiing. And I mean, everyone that I've talked to just has loved the Indy Pass and loved what it's done for the industry, for the smaller hills, for rediscovering those hills that you may have forgotten about or haven't skied since you mm -hmm. were a kid. So just yeah. want a big a big thank you for for coming on and for doing the Indy Pass for creating this because this has been awesome. Yeah, well you're you're welcome and thank you for for your support and for everyone out there who's bought the pass and and uh is enjoying our our great resorts. It's a so, great collection of resorts, I gotta say. Yeah, he's no, looking at the map like every other day. I'm like, I gotta plan on that. I gotta plan on that. And one Making thing that Mario right. and I were talking about is because you know the way you guys threw out these emails or on social media, you're like, hey, we're gonna announce a couple more new resorts coming, and so stay tuned next week. This is almost like a, a Christmas in summer advent calendar for skiers. <laughs> yeah, it's right. like you're going to open your yeah. door and I you're going to get your little piece of chocolate and it's going to be these new resorts. So Ooh, the way you guys are doing it, it's, it's great because yeah. again, it's, it's not like all out there at once, like a Netflix, here's your whole season. It's the old school. Like you're getting a couple here, a couple there leading up to the season. Yeah. Well, we, we don't get them all at once. You know, they kind of, they kind of trickle in. Uh, so, uh, you know, we save up, uh, you know, two or three and then announce them all at once. You know, it takes a lot to onboard these resorts and, 
and to to promote it and you know update our website and you know get it out there to everybody so um we have to kind of space them out and and do them once every month or two and and uh you know it's worked out people love that the anticipation and you know guessing the speculation yeah well yeah the speculation they like to guess where where we're going but uh it's good. Everything, um, yeah, it's everything been, else in fun. the world is too instant. It's, like you need that anticipation is good. Like letting people yeah. wait is not a bad thing. Yeah. And get, getting people talking about it is, is key. You know, we don't have a, a million, million dollar advertising budget. And, and so we have to rely on word of mouth and social media and, and, uh, PR, you know, uh, guys like you are, are how we get the word out about the Indy pass. So I'll, you know, I'll even jump ahead to ahead of our first question that I kind of threw at you, but uh, you know, with the increased popularity of the past, how has been the process for you of adding new resorts? Is it you reaching out people from the resorts reaching out to you? Like what's that process look like? You know, um, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of everything, you know, I'm, I'm primarily the guy who, uh, you know, uh, contacts or resorts and, and, uh, walks them through the process, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes they contact us, but more often than not, I reach out to them and, and start a conversation. Um, uh, referrals from our existing partners are really key. And we've, um, you know, we've got some, some good tips from, from people in the media, you know, who talk to resorts and they, they ask them about the, uh, the Indy Pass, uh, you know, a colleague of yours, uh, Stu Winchester at the Storm King Journal, for instance, has nice. uh, helped uh, I- introduce us to to a number of resorts, and uh, so it's you know it's it's, it's a combination. I, I will say this, um, you know, compared to two years ago when when we started reaching out to resorts, uh, it's a lot easier to get them to take my calls now. You know, uh, of course and, sure. and when i when i You're when i visit the resort I, well i don't know about that but when i at least they've heard of me and when i visit the resorts i don't have to buy lift tickets that's really nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> you're winning big already wow. yeah exactly yeah i've accomplished my goal <laughs> so last time that no, we chatted it, oh sorry god mm-hmm. no go ahead no, so last time we chatted was October of last year, and it was just mm-hmm. before the 2021 season, and you know, mm-hmm. everything was still lockdown-ish, and you guys had big increases in sales. Uh, how did the season go in general for you, and how did it differ from your expectations? Well, the season was crazy, crazy busy, but all in all, it went it went great. Um, our sales uh, far exceeded our expectations and our our, uh, our projections. Uh, redemptions were just crazy off the hook. Uh, we got a little more utilization out of each pass than than we planned for, but it, it was good. That was typical last year. COVID, um, you know during the winter the only thing people could do was ski and snowboard right and mm-hmm. uh so they did and they did in huge numbers it was the fifth largest ski season on record and that's awesome um i think at um at least half of our resorts set an all-time visitation record wow so you know for the smaller resorts it was it was could, may have been you know in the top three or you know perhaps the best year ever and uh, so we rode that wave, and, and it was great for the Indy Pass. Um, and, um, you know, we, we think that uh, that's, that's going to continue. 
Well, that's amazing. And now they're talking, you know, with all the talk about the Delta variant and all sorts of other stuff, mm -hmm. that might be the way again this year. Everybody's getting out, going skiing, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah. if they do some kind of lockdown or, or whatever, right? Yeah, so I, I don't think it's going to be as, as bad as last year. I think, you know, particularly in, in you know, ski markets, uh, the Northeast, um, the Northwest, uh, markets that we're in, you know, there's there's a lot of people vaccinated and, and I think we're going to be in better shape. I think schools are going to be open to some extent and that's going to that's going to um, prevent people from, you know, taking off any day of the week and going skiing. Uh, youth yeah. sports will hopefully be back in most, you know, most areas. And, um, you know, last year there just wasn't anything else to do. You couldn't even go to a Super Bowl party. Well, yeah. And, uh, yeah, right. you know, visit, visit, visit friends, uh, restaurants, all that. So a lot of those things are going to return this year, albeit uh, um, to a lesser extent than normal, perhaps. But, um I, I think some of the pressure is going to be off. Uh, however, so many people got back into skiing. So many people tried it for the first time, you know, yeah. uh, literally. If they utilize the Indy Pass, of, they probably are going to utilize so, it again. You know? Yeah, some of them, some of them did. I mean, we're, we're seeing good renewals. and uh, But in general, the sport, I think, is really um, in, in great shape. You know, as, as tragic as COVID has been, it was a, the, you know, there are many silver linings, and one of those has been the ski and snowboard, snow sports. Uh, it's really given the industry a, a good shot in the arm, and I think it's going to last for many, many years. Very cool. Yeah, and I know there's, you know, as, as bad as it was, there were, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. And yeah. there were so many things that sort of came out of you know, the COVID year that hopefully are going to stick around. I know, you know, we mentioned before we started the podcast, I, I went to Catamount on the Indy Pass this year and I saw there, they had the whole cabana set up there. I mean, there was mm -hmm. dozens of them all over the, uh, yeah. Yeah. the lower base area. People had like decorated them with flags and signs yeah. and uh -huh. really seemed to love having that little outpost that you could just go take a break, sit down, have a drink, have a snack right there. And also yeah. the uh, the tailgating scene was so cool this yeah. year because you know yeah, you couldn't really hang was. out at the bar, you couldn't hang out at the restaurant in there. You went out and you just you know, had your cooler, had your buddies around, and it was just yeah. it was fun. It was really yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of things um, happened last year that are going to continue. I think for, for a lot of good things, you know, were developed, and um, all those things you mentioned are are things that people adopted out of necessity, both, both skiers and, and ski resorts. And uh, a, a lot of it's going to be uh, maintained and re retained. That's very cool. And a yeah. lot of things. So from what you're hearing from your resorts that you've spoken to, have they felt that the Indie pass, I mean, you mentioned the numbers that, you know, half of them set new records. Are they excited to be on it and, you know, kind of look into uh, you know, increase and retain yeah. that relationship. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nobody left. No resorts dropped off. Uh, and that's a good uh, sign. Um, it's really good. Yeah, it is. It is a good sign. Uh, we've never lost a resort and no, no resort has ever dropped off. And, uh, that's, I, I think that's the true testament to the, to, to the value of the past for our, our partners. Um, you know, they see it uh, as a, as a benefit 
for many different reasons. You know, it 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 um, acts as a, a a new skier development tool for some resorts. It um, it's a way to add value to their season passes for some resorts. And um, then in, in other resorts, hey, they're just happy to get new new people coming in that they wouldn't normally see. And um, that's uh, that's why they're they're on the pass. Uh, the yield that we paid the resorts last year was a little bit lower than we'd hoped. And that was due to the uh, you know high utilization on on each pass and on average. Um, but they, um, you know, they, they understood that and uh, everybody stuck with us. We, we did raise the price this year, which was, uh, probably overdue. We probably should have raised the price last year a little bit. And, uh, we think that will, uh, satisfy our bigger resorts that have, you know, yield expectations that, that we, that we have to, uh, to meet in order to keep them interested in the past. And, uh, so I, you know, I'm very excited about, uh, where we're going this year. It's very cool. And there are some real gems on here. I mean, like I did powder last year and that was, that's a freaking really nice resort. Like some of these, like, you don't realize, like if you're skiing East coast and you have an opportunity to go out West, it's like, Hey, you know what? I got my indie pass. Like there's a place not too far from here. Let's go ski, you know, yeah. take a day and ski. I mean, it's, that's what's, yeah, we, that's, what's great about we, it. You know? we've got some incredible, uh, resorts in the West and, um, you know, in Idaho, Montana, Washington, uh, Utah, Utah, uh, we have great density in those States and, and, uh, you could fly into any one of those, uh, airports and have a blast. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, It really is a wide variety of, uh, anywhere you go, there's a lot around. I mean, Snow King, like we went, Brian and I went to Jackson and we saw Snow yeah. King. We were like, we want to ski, but then we had tickets to go ski Jackson home. We're like, we kept yeah. looking at Snow King. We're like, why are we not skiing this? But we were just tired yeah. every day, you know? Yeah. And they're getting, they're getting a new, uh, I think a gondola this year and a chair off the back. Uh, they're oh, wow. expanding bit, big time. Wow. Yeah. Snow King's going to be really cool. Um, that is it, such a snow, snow is a steep little mountain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think and, from uh, our hotel, we could see it and we're like, wow, that looks really like if it was, if it was anywhere else besides like yeah. right next to Jackson right. hall, you'd be like, this right. place would be yeah. amazing. Why isn't it always yeah. packed? Well, that's where all the locals ski. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <right. laughs> that's right. Skiing like a local uh, then that's the beauty yeah. of Indy pass. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you can afford to yeah. be a local. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> so yeah. Do you do you actually have the stats for which resort had the most Indy Pass utilization? Yes, we do. Jay Peak was our number one. Jay was it um, really visited? Yeah, in uh, wow. northern Vermont. Yeah, northern Vermont. Yeah, and you know, that's actually surprising because of the border closure. Because that spot usually gets hit by a lot of Canadians. But with, yeah, yeah what, well, six miles from the border, I think. Yeah, they were locked really in. And, yeah, I think a third of their visits come out of Quebec and Ontario. Yeah. Um, but you know, all of our past sales were in the U.S. last year, and um, you know, we made up for a little bit of their lost Canadian business, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Cannon was was right up there. I think Cannon was number two. They're just across the way in New Hampshire. Right. Um, and uh, then Lutzen Mountains up in northern Minnesota was number three. Oh, wow. Really? Lutzen. Yeah. Very interesting. 
Yeah. yeah. Jay Peak, I remember that was a big when that got added. I know a lot of East Coast folks were just like, if you don't own the Indy Pass, you were out of your mind because yeah. you know you had Jay Peak's a gem. You had yeah. Berkshire, you had Magic, you had Bolton, you and had all Berkshire. the ones in New Hampshire, and then you get Jay Peak. It's like, and you're not getting this pass, like you're yeah. out of your mind. And they get dumped yeah. on snow. It's just like yeah. Yeah. It was uh that was a great ad. And and so was uh in the East Waterville in New Hampshire, Waterville Valley and Saddleback in Maine. All those were added after you know we went on sale last year. So uh nice. Waterville was added, I think, in late February. So that was kind of a bonus for our, our northeast uh pass holders. Yeah, yeah right. They already had- bought it and then you added it. It's like, hey, I just got a bonus, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and what did you guys add Saddleback? Uh Saddleback was added at the same time as Waterville. Okay, late, that's late what February. I so they were both on for the remainder of the season and they'll be back in the fall, of course. And uh so yeah, we you know those uh, ads in in the Northeast um, in New England uh, really pretty much solidified our lineup for that region. You know we we really can't add any more resorts at this point until wow. we see what our redemptions look like and uh, make sure that our yields are are uh, where we want them to be for the for the resorts our payouts. And, uh, so we've, you know, we'd love to talk to a number of other resorts back there, but we just, you know, we, we, we have to be careful where, where we go, where we go next. So it's kind of the delicate balance game you have to play, right? Where you don't want it to be too saturated in one area where the, yeah. the resorts are not getting the financial benefit of the past where, cause yeah, the skiers have to want to buy it obviously. And then the resorts have to want to be part of it. So. Yeah. And I mean, if, if you can, ski at you know a dozen resorts and sleep in your own bed for 279 bucks you're not going to buy a season pass and if we start to cannibalize season passes then the the resorts are going to start to drop off so that that's really what it boils down to we don't want to compete with our partners yeah Yeah, i mean i'm looking at the map i find in milwaukee or minneapolis i got a bunch of them right there (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, the upper the upper Midwest is uh, pretty dense, and um, you can ski in about five. If you live in uh, Twin Cities or Duluth, you can ski in five or six resorts and sleep in your own bed. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're up in that area, and it's and you know, cool. like it's it's just I'm still thinking about that delicate balance because that is so critical to the success of this pass. And you know, I know I talked to my buddies who are like, I wish they would add this and this and this and this. It's like, yeah, yeah, but is it it's not possible? Like it's it's one of those things like too much of a good thing is is a bad thing, right? Yeah. Well, and you know, they'd they'd like to get a free pair of skis with every purchase too. And you know, we can only, <laughs> yeah, we can right. only do so much. Um, but yeah, it's it, you know that's how the model. That's why the model works, and uh, you know we've we've grown to seventy two resorts, and uh, there are regions of the country where we plan to expand, and and uh, we hope to expand, and so we're not done. I think that by the time, if we if we achieve our uh, our goals for for uh, the U.S. and Canada, we'll, we'll probably top out at around ninety resorts. Wow. And, um, you know, then we, then we'll be done. We can't add any more. Now I'm on, I on Eagle Crest now. I'm like, I still <laughs> want to see, I still want to ski Alaska. Yeah. That's, that's an amazing place. I mean, amazing snow. And, and, uh, it's just, you know, 
geographically challenged. Yeah. Now it's been I'm getting there though. <laughs> one of the things that has come out recently was the um, Ski Cooper. They have their yes. new uh, the, their season pass that has their their partners and allows you three days at at several resorts. Do you guys consider this like a like a rival, or is this just kind of like another another option for for skiers and boarders? I, I think it's a great deal. It's you know it's probably the best deal out there. You know, for if you're a returning pass holder at Cooper, it's two hundred and forty nine bucks for I think fifty resorts. You know, one hundred fifty days of skiing. Mm. Um, there's there's no better deal that I'm aware of, especially if you live in Colorado and you can, and Cooper can be your home mountain and, and, uh, then you want to travel a little bit. Uh, they've got some great resorts up in, uh, Idaho, uh, and over in Utah. Uh, so if you live in that part of the country, you know, it's a, it's a great option. Um, and you know, honestly, most people don't travel from west to east to to ski. You know, it's more the sure. other way around. Um, but they should. So, so <laughs> they're stuck visiting their yeah, family. I, they moved out to Colorado. Their parents are stuck learn in Massachusetts. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, there's lots of good reasons to go back east. I found that out myself. But um, you know, the trend is usually the other the other way, and. Um, so no, I think um, I think there's no better deal in in Colorado than the Cooper uh, affiliate program. Do you ever see your uh, Indy Pass expanding past the two days per mountain for certain mountains? Maybe have you had discussions about that or thrown those ideas around? Maybe like a week or you know more days. Yeah, like we that? we we've kicked it around, but I, I don't think it works with our financial model. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, those visits on the, on Cooper's pass are, are free. You know, mm-hmm. they, they don't, there's no trends, there's no, um, revenue associated with those visits. Obviously Cooper gets the money for their pass. They do the reciprocal. And, yeah. And so, you know, we have to pay out a, um, a, a fee for every visit and, and, uh, it, you know, it works at two days. Uh, if we doubled the, the price of the pass could we do four days probably I, I don't know but again then it starts to cannibalize season passes which is the lifeblood of right. of uh most resorts mm-hmm. all resorts really i mean it's the revenue lifeblood that they they rely on and and we can't we can't cut into that that market we want to we want to be an alternative for day ticket buyers mm. you know it's people are paying the note but yeah. people are paying through the nose for day tickets. Yeah. You know, even at, even at a small or mid-sized resort, you know, the big resorts are, are, you know, r- ridiculous, uh, over 200 bucks. So that's, you know, we want to benefit that person. Right. We don't want to, we're, we're not trying to be a season pass or, or take past, past revenue from, from anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, so you start adding days and, and I think that's what would happen. Cool. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we've even you know talked about it on the podcast, being like, what about like an Indie Pass Plus or a, another tier? Yeah. And and again, you're, you're you're hit exactly what you said. It's like, well, you're, then you're going to cut you're something. The, you're being something else. Then yeah, you're being something else. Yeah, it's like totally transforming yeah. your. And, and again, yeah, lucky balance has to be achieved. Yeah, if you want to ski fifteen or twenty days a year, you should buy a season pass. 
Right. You know, unless you just love to travel, unless you just love to travel, then the Indy Pass is great for you. But if you just want to ski five or six days and you don't mind going, trying out a couple different places, then the Indy Pass is perfect. Or if you want to, you know, buy a season pass and, you know, use the Indy Pass to, to supplement and, and travel, then, you know, that, that it's good for that too. But, you know, for avid skiers, you need to, you need to have a season pass, you know, right. and a home mountain, I think. And, you know, we created the add-on pass for those people. And so we will encourage people to buy a season pass from our resorts. And then they can uh, buy the Indy Pass at a 30% discount. And they get the benefit of a home mountain with unlimited days. And then they can do a little bit of travel. And and for 189 bucks, you get two days at 71 resorts. That's nice. really, that's the perfect scenario right there. Is if you can yeah. have your home mountain season pass and then tack on the indie pass then you you've got it all then there's yeah every there's yeah. A, there's, there's a balance in the force then the add-on's yeah. nice yeah. yeah yeah the add-on's great and and it's been real popular um so far this year we're it's doing really well and 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 again it's a benefit for our our resorts because it allows them to add that that for their season pass holders they can provide that benefit and then they don't have to give up three days for a reciprocal agreement with another resort and you know free free days are tough for small resorts they, they need to monetize every visit and uh, sure. the add-on pass um gives them the, the ability to do that right that's good and how have the uh, the sales been going this summer for the uh, upcoming season they're great they're doing fantastic we are uh um we're, we're, we've nearly matched last year's sales total and already uh, wow yeah we wow. last year we didn't go, we went on sales in september so we don't really have year over year numbers to compare and we won't until we get to the end of the season but we we sell all the way into mid march and then we'll put next year's pass on sale but uh they're they're going really well i again i uh uh, it, we don't have anything to compare it to, but I, I think uh, it, it's it's uh, looking like another exciting season. All right, that's, that's cool. awesome to hear. I guess you know, and people keep seeing that you keep adding new resorts. So you know, it's like, well, we have seventy-two now, but it's like there could be yeah. eighty by the time the season starts. Again, that advent calendar, like a couple more, couple more days, you got to open, right? Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. And then have what's been some of the uh the best feedback you've gotten from customers over the last year about the Indie Pass? It's just it's been great. Um the feedback we're seeing on social media and and you know through our website and and people that we meet is just phenomenal. Uh the the, the just nothing but positive and and I think the, the the best comments I get from people are um that they were able to visit resorts that they had never been to before that they would not have gone to had they not had an indie pass or that you know they went back to a resort that they remember skiing when they were a kid and you know and they they went back and they had such a great time and they never never would have thought that that you know that the the resort that they grew up skiing at would would offer so much fun and uh so it's it's those stories that really are are the ones we love to hear about 
Yeah, I know, Mario, you and I it's both kind awesome. of had, we had each had one of those scenarios happen to us because I went back to Shawnee in the Poconos and I hadn't been there since mm-hmm. I was a kid and I brought my son mm-hmm. there. I think it was three times I brought him there and we lucked out. Yeah. I mean, I, I took him midweek and we would get there and you know, I, it was like 30 to 35 degrees and sunny all three days we went midweek it was just we had such a blast he had fun had a couple of crashes i took him to the top of the hill and I had the little leash on him we had a couple of huge wipeouts that luckily i have the gopro footage of <laughs> when he gets a little bit older but like i wouldn't trade those days for anything I yeah. Mean, yeah they were the i mean you know we've skied all over the world whatever whatever but those days with my son in the poconos like i those are some of my favorite ski days i've ever had yeah and again i wouldn't have gone if it wasn't for the indie pass yeah yeah we hear that constantly brian from people who thank us for you know giving them that that nudge to go see these places and yeah and, and two you know we hear from a lot of a lot of people who hit the road you know our our number one uh pass holder visited um well they, they got 31 days on their pass and uh wow, the number nice. one you know, one one of our pass holders went to seventeen indie resorts. Wow! You know that's that takes a lot of effort. You know that that's a yeah. lot of travel, a lot of time, a lot of money. But um, right now, pardon that's, me. That's the bar right now. If people want to make some records, it's yeah, been, it is. The gauntlet has been thrown down. Yeah, 17, 17 days is is the most we've seen. I think it was. 13 last year or no 17 resorts and and um 31 days so wow um yeah get, hearing those stories you know hey i'm hitting the road i'm going to spend three weeks i'm going to visit you know 12 resorts can't wait or i did it and it, you know it's just those, those stories are really cool to hear about getting your sprinter van and go right brian yeah right. the explore <laughs> the exploring the exploring have an adventure. Yeah. Go out for Especially, a few weeks. Yeah. After being locked down, like that's all you know, folks like us are craving. It's just some some adventures, you know, yeah. going yeah. out and exploring and finding something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I did it myself last March, and and uh, it's it's very gratifying to hit the road and and uh, you know not know what's coming around the next corner and and experience a new resort that you've never been to. That's that's very cool. That is very cool. And now you guys just added four new resorts in the last few weeks, right? Tom? Yes. Yes. Uh, last month we added uh, Titus Mountain up in upstate New York, just uh, again, right right by the uh, Canadian border. Uh, we added Montage Mountain in uh, eastern Pennsylvania, just outside of Scranton. And down in Southern California, we are uh, very happy to welcome Snow Valley which is our our first resort in southern cal nice and then all the way up in the canadian rockies uh we landed uh marmot basin ski marmot basin and uh they are smack dab in the middle of jasper national park and sit just a, a few minutes from a beautiful little mountain town called jasper alberta and nice. so if you want to hit the road there's some options for you very I mean, cool. really, you can go almost anywhere in the country, well, except for the, the very south at this point, and you can use your Indy Pass at a resort there. 
it's it's so cool yeah. to see and it's it's so cool to see the hey, growth too um, i skewed gatlinburg that's pretty far south that's true yeah I mean, in tennessee yeah for sure and that was uh, that was magical place i gotta say <laughs> good oh that's great yeah yeah it was a I lot of fun been, you've been there i haven't been there myself i plan to but uh yeah yeah we have uh one not too far from there uh at uh, uh in the in the great smokies yeah in north carolina that's another good one yep yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I went to school at Apps. Our, so our goal is to, uh, our boom, goal is to so. have. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I went to school at that? App State, so I was in North Carolina. Oh, you did? Boone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. And I never right made on. it over that, you know, that far. But we always played them in football, so it was kind of cool uh-huh. going there. And I'm like, you know, I was right here, but I never drove. I never had an incentive to drive back in college, so I actually went up with uh-huh. my wife. We had a great time up there. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that place to is down uh, there myself. That place is a party. I got to say Gatlinburg yeah. in general. So that's what I hear. And I, I, you know, the summer, their summer business is really big, yeah. I guess. But it's but, worth traveling uh, there. You get to ski a few days and you get to hang out like in the beautiful mountains there. Yeah. So it was kind of a cool yeah. experience, you know, again, an yeah. adventure, you know? Yeah. So. Cool. And again, one great thing about the Indy Pass is you can really kind of see the different vibes of different ski towns. Because, you know, like like Mary mentioned, like Gatlinburg is, it's got a whole scene unto its own. You know, yeah. the, the yeah. mountain the mountain is almost like icing on the cake. You got the whole, like the yeah. museums, right. the Dollywood, the, the restaurants, the crazy, all the attractions there. And yeah. you got yeah. a place like Jay Peak where it's like way up in the middle of you're way up there <laughs> yeah. you're, you're there to ski man or do the water slide if yeah. it's open inside yeah right yeah exactly <laughs> yeah every mountain is different every ski town is different and uh that's that's and a lot of surprises so great yeah a yeah. lot of good yeah. surprises you know and that's what I've been loving about it last year is you get to experience like again the vibe of the town, the mountain itself. And you know, I'm a kind of person like I'm always going, well, wh- where am I going to move to? Where's my next, you know, my next chapter of my life going to be? And having right. something like the Indy Pass is like, okay, well, you know, I've been up to to Magic Mountain and the Londonderry area. This is cool. I've been to Jay Peak. I yeah. like it up here. I have yeah. friends in Berkshire East over there. It's like, well, now I can kind of experience all the different things and kind of figure out, well, mm-hmm. where do you want to make your home base? Because yeah. you can kind of, it's like a buffet, a ski buffet. Right. A ski buffet. Yeah, That's right. Indie yeah. ski buffet. Sam- I like it. Uh, a, sam- <laughs> a, sampler, a sampler pack. Yeah. It's like a, bo- a box of chocolates. <laughs> right. Well, like back. Yeah. Like we just started talking, like my son's going to go up and he's going to play hockey up in um, New Hampshire. So I'm yeah. going to have to go to ha- New Hampshire probably at least once a month, which means. Yeah. Or you. It could easily go. turn into twice a month and I could easily turn those you know, weeks into long weekends, visit him, see yeah. a few games, you know, and then hit a mountain like, easily. The boy yeah. may need chaperoning. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, uh, I think yeah. it, I think it'll be good. Uh, no, definitely want to hit some last. Yeah. You're going to have a blast. Yeah. It's easy to fly into Boston and yeah, boom, you're, you're right there. Yeah. It's great. So very cool. So, uh, we're kind of over a half an hour now. Are there any, inside scoops you can give us about new additions coming on in the near future oh wait let's see we we're taping this a little bit before the 10th i thought was supposed to be another this won't launch until next monday which is i think the 9th okay the 9th yes okay i don't know if that's still too soon Uh, the next day there's a big announcement coming. All right. All right. So That's good. I can, I can tell you that. And, uh, I will, um, 
I will drop a hint that the Indy Pass is going international. Nice. So, uh, Ooh, yeah, I like that. We'll, we'll be announcing four new resorts on Tuesday the 10th. Wow. At 10 a.m. 10 Pacific time. So tune in to uh, the Indy Pass website or, That's great. or uh, you know, your favorite snow sports media. Well, we subscribe, and, uh, so we get the updates. So everybody should well, subscribe, I'm, I'm, right? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you guys will be all over it, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting. We'll be at 76 resorts and, uh, nice. you know, we just keep, keep, you know, pushing this rock down the road and, That's and, awesome. uh, and it's fun. Yeah. Is this great. kind of what you, you know, when you started this, is this, did you expect it to be this successful and to, to go this well? Or I mean, I guess you probably want to temper your expectations when you start something new. Right. But did you envision this? Yeah. Or did you like uh, this, this expectations? What, yeah, this is what we envisioned, uh, absolutely. Um, but honestly, it's it's happening a little faster than we thought. Wow, that's great. And uh, but yeah, this is exactly what we we uh, saw. Uh, you know, we we recognized that there was a gap in the market for this kind of a pass. Uh, there's a market of, of there's a skiers and snowboarders that are underserved that are buying day tickets and there are, you know, hundreds of small to mid-sized resorts that are desperate or were desperate for a way to leverage their, uh, their great terrain and, and their, you know, their great, uh, resorts, but they don't have the, you know, the big marketing resources that the big guys do. Mm-hmm. And by banding together and, and creating a, 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 a brand for, those types of resorts, um, you know, we saw that, that opportunity and it's, it's, uh, it's taken shape. That's very cool. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So now if anyone wants to get in contact with you, Doug, how, what's the best way to, to reach out to you? Oh, uh, go to the website and, uh, you know, you can contact me through the website. Uh, IndieSkiPass.com, right? Yeah. Yeah. IndieSkiPass.com. I read every comment. I try to read every comment on social media, but uh, um, certainly if you want to get a hold of me, that that's the way to do it. Um, and or if you want to just email me at Doug at indieskipass dot com, I'll I'll reply. You answer right away, that's for sure. <laughs> and then you guys are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Indie Ski Pass. Yeah, it's Instagram and Facebook. We we don't have a Twitter account, but. Um, that's right. Yeah. I always just hashtag you guys, Indie Ski Pass, Indie Revolution. Yeah, yeah hashtag Indie Revolution. That's right. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Doug, thank you so much for your time. We do appreciate it. Uh, if you haven't gotten Indie Pass, like, I mean, we can't. What else can we tell you? We've we've talked it to death. We've talked to the man. So, and we're gonna have to keep in touch during the season. Maybe the, there'll be a chance where we can meet up at a place. You never know, right? Oh, I, w- I would love that. I plan that to do awesome. a lot of travel travel this year. Uh, now that uh, you can fly again relatively safely, yeah. Hopefully that will will continue. Um, There's no indie yeah, ski pass I, private jet yet. No, <laughs> I mean, how many like sales goal you got to reach to get that? <laughs> That's indie not travel. likely to happen. <laughs> I'd, I'd, be an, I'd be happy with an indie pass motorhome. You know, uh, um, that'd be kind of cool. But, actually, uh, too. <laughs> no, we're we're gonna get back on the east coast again this this year, and and. Uh, uh, hopefully do a, a trip down through the mid Atlantic States as well. So nice. Uh, we'd okay. love to hook up with you guys. Um, if we can, that'd be a lot of fun. Beautiful. Yeah. We should we try to do that. something. 
invite some yeah. uh, listeners come out with us. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. I'd love and, that. And anything we can do to promote the indie pass, we are we're happy Thank to do you. so because we uh, we love Thank what you're you. doing. Well, and thanks yeah. for doing it. Your support is is very very much appreciated. Well, we Our appreciate pleasure. you doing this, putting this together. It just helps bring some things back that from our past, which is great. You know, the reason yeah. we fell in love with skiing. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. Right on. Okay. Thanks right, guys. Doug, thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Yeah, Doug. Take care. See ya. We hope you guys enjoyed that. If you want more information, go to Doug's website, indie or check us out at ski That wraps up the podcast for the week. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We're on your favorite social media apps, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, untapped at skibumpodcast. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Rate, subscribe, and really help us out. Join our mailing list. Go to the shop. Thank you again for listening. We do appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay fluting. See ya.